Javelin Strategy and Research is out with its 2012 Mobile Security Survey. What are the key findings, and what's the outlook for 2013? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Al Pasquale of Javelin Strategy and Research about the survey. Al, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Al, give me some sense up front. What were the primary objectives or the mission going into conducting this study? We really wanted to uh, take a look at the state of mobile security uh, through the lens of mobile payments. You know, it's a, uh, a growing $20 billion market, and we wanted to consider consumer behaviors, uh, market share, you know, threats to the ecosystem as a whole, uh, and threats that affect all users, and then you know, threats to specific platforms and remediation to those threats. A couple questions here. One is I'd like to know what some of the key findings are, but I'd also like to ask you what surprised you about the findings? Well, I mean, if we're gonna, we can frame it in terms of, let's say, smartphones. You know, I was surprised to find that you know, even though the Android user base is about 50% larger than that you know, of iPhone, the spending through the browser and through the app for the whole Android user base and the whole iPhone user base, uh, it, it was very comparable, you know, a difference of maybe 100 or 200 million you know, between the two. Really, what that means from a security standpoint is that while Android presents a uh, larger target profile because of the number of viable targets, iPhone users, um, you know, and the security, you know, should be you know, a high-profile concern in that they represent a substantial portion of the mobile payment volume, and it shouldn't be put at risk because of neglect. You know, even though Android was or is a bit more exposed from a security standpoint, it doesn't mean that iOS is invulnerable. You know, and and failure to remain diligent could put that significant market share. You know, those billions of dollars, you know, at risk. You know, we also had some concerns about consumer spending through browser as compared to app. As for all platforms, you know, spending through the browser was greater, but apps really offer a more secure environment for the consumer. So when you look at the different platforms, what do you see as the top risk based upon this study? Well, to give you examples from each, for Android, you know, one of the top risks that we conceived was really the fractured nature of the system. There are numerous versions in the wild right now. Consumers can be exposed simply due to the fact that they have an older version of the operating system. And, you know, these folks are either not being given the opportunity to download a current version at all, or they're being left to wait months to do so. And then, as a result, all these older operating system users, all those known vulnerabilities and threats, they're out there, they're exposed, um, and that's a real problem for for the Android community. As far as iOS is concerned, well, one of their largest risks is a sense of complacency, if you will. You know, Apple's done a great job so far of securing you know, the iOS environment as a whole. But it's been shown that there are ways around or even directly through sandboxing past code signing that Apple is yet to allow third-party security software for iOS. And if there was an outbreak, you know, how would anyone know? Talking about Windows as well, um, we looked at Windows, we looked at BlackBerry, but for Windows, we had concerns about the app marketplace. You know, they've had some issues you know, with apps in the marketplace uh, itself, but they've also had to restrict Windows Phone users of older versions from accessing the marketplace to maintain security, and we've seen a recent, you know, proof of concept for Windows Phone 8 malware. So Microsoft really needs to, you know, be sure that they're keeping, you know, any, you know, any malware. We've seen it can happen. They're keeping it out of the marketplace, you know, limiting those hiccups that we've seen so often. And then we also, again, looked at BlackBerry. And for us, the concern with BlackBerry was the stability of the company itself. With their recent, recent financial performance, their quarter over quarter loss, you know, and any potential um, staff, you know, reductions that we may see as a result, you know, they may not be able to keep up with um, new security threats, new vulnerabilities, and that in turn could put the consumer at risk. 
How do these threats to the smartphones impact the organizations as more and more employees are using these mobile devices, whatever the platform might be? They're really, whether it is bring your own device, you know, or the devices are being provided by the organizations themselves, it's really a question of, again, how secure those devices are. With each of those respective risks, now regardless of the platform, what it really comes down to is protecting the information on the device. So for employers, obviously, they want to protect their intellectual property. Uh, they want to protect, you know, company company information. They want to protect company financials. And if those devices are insecure, if there's malware, I know the FBI recently put out a warning to that uh, to that extent, malware that could invade a device, steal that sensitive information, and then relay it to a third party. Uh, if those threats aren't mitigated, just as they would be on the consumer side, if they're not, you know, mitigated by the organization, if they're not following best practices and really trying to take care of those potential risks for each platform, you know, they can be just as exposed as the consumer. They can lose that sensitive information, and that's obviously, uh, you know, a priority and something that they need to avoid. Now, speaking of mobile malware, probably for the past three years we've heard that the next year is going to be the year of mobile malware. What's your thought on that? <laughs> Have we finally got there? Is 2013 going to be that year? Saying it's going to be next year, the big year, I think maybe going a little bit too far. You know, we've seen that it's a much larger problem on Android than it is on any other platform, and I think we may see a pretty serious explosion within that particular ecosystem when there is a serious malware problem that finds its way onto to iOS, that finds its way into Windows Phone 8 and BlackBerry 10. You know, should it uh, you know should it become a real market force, then that's going to be the year. Um, but I don't know if necessarily it's going to be 2013. 2014, unless things are really put in check and the uh, security vendors clamp down, the uh, OS manufacturers and developers clamp down, you know, then, then I see maybe the following year being the year of malware. But you know, next year they're just going to learn, they're going to get better, and it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a setup to the following. What's your sense? Are the fraudsters and malware going to Android because that's where the marketplace is, or is iOS in particular that much more secure? Ah, uh, well, you know, I, I think I think it does have to do with the security of iOS. Apple has done again a great job keeping malware out of their marketplace, whether it be you know through the code signing, through the way they structured their sandboxing and allowed permissions within the apps themselves. I mean, they really you know had their bases pretty well covered. And again, you have Android issues with the fractured ecosystem. You have had uh, you know issues with their app marketplace, the, the Play Store. I mean, even you know, with the deployment of Bouncer, they've shown that that is not 100% foolproof. So I think those two factors do have, have a lot to do with it. But again, you have a large number of Android users. You know, we're, we're looking at phones alone of an excess of 50 million in the United States. You know, they're spending a lot of money through those devices, and uh, you know, that's going to make them a target as well. But again, iPhone users, you know, they're spending nearly as much, so hackers are going to go where the money is. So it's not like they're ignoring the iPhone, and you know, we've shown and we've seen that the iPhone is not completely invulnerable, so they're working on it. I wouldn't be surprised if they can find a way uh, to penetrate it and make a real dent in the coming year. So let's talk about mobile payments. What do you see as the impact on mobile payments of these types of threats that we're talking about? We're, we're in sort of a, a delicate nation state here with mobile payments. We are, in fact. And I think it really comes down to a confidence issue. Consumers, they want to feel a sense of security, especially when it comes to new technologies, when we're talking about their money. Um, you know, we looked at some data as far as consumers and contactless payments. You know, something like a, um, a Google Wallet, you know, their NFC, you know, implementation. That was consumers' number one concern is how secure the actual platform is in using it. And that's what's been keeping them away. And 
The last thing you would want to see in mobile payments is a rash of outbreaks where consumer payment data is lost. It really could have a deleterious effect you know, on the market going forward, and it is nascent. You know, it's growing, and the last thing the market needs as a whole is to have you know, a negative perception from a consumer point of view. So, Al, if security professionals don't necessarily have confidence in mobile security, how are we going to get consumers to have that confidence? What it would really come down to is maintaining, I wouldn't necessarily say a status quo, but the first thing we need to do is make sure that there isn't that rash you know, of outbreaks. There isn't you know, that big headline that says consumer payment data was lost in high numbers of consumers are suffering large amounts of fraud as a result you know, of the mobile payments channel. That's going to really going to be the priority, I think. No news in that particular case would be good news. But you definitely want to get uh, in front of consumers. Or you want to educate them, keep them aware of the threats for as much as you don't necessarily want to highlight the fact that they could be exposed. You don't want to leave them out in the cold either and potentially risk the market just to, just to keep things silent. I, again, I think it really, you know, it comes back to building the confidence and, uh, and mobile payment providers, FIs, card issuers, if there are shared threats there, they, everyone has just as much at stake and they really need to invest, you know, as much, uh, you know, time and energy as they can here because that's the mobile payments, the mobile channel is going to be the future. And whether that, that is education, whether that's partnering with security vendors uh, to deliver solutions to consumers, whether that's transitioning the consumer from the browser to the app, which is going to be more secure players or the organizations who have a hand um, or, or something to gain from mobile security, from the mobile channel, uh, they really need to be involved. Al, I want to come back to that, that topic of collaboration in a minute, but for now I'd like to talk a bit about user behavior. And one of the things that we always talk about with mobile security is that the users are risky, that they will download apps that they shouldn't, that they don't take good care of their devices necessarily, they lose a lot of them. But you're talking about complacency as well in terms of consumers not updating their operating systems. How can organizations have any kind of a positive influence on user behavior, whether it's, it's helping them to avoid risky apps or encouraging them to stay current? Well, as far as staying current, making sure that their device you know, is properly protected, uh, I think that um, for you know, organizations that are currently deploying apps themselves, uh, what they can do is limit the functionality of those apps. If you have a device that uh, you know, is insecure, you want to test, obviously, for the stability security of the device and then be sure to disallow functions that could put the consumer at risk. If the device you know, doesn't have soft security software, if the device hasn't been patched, basically a, a way of you know, getting the consumer to go down that road and making sure that they're taking the steps necessary to protect you know, their payment card information or to protect their personal information. But we also want to avoid reinforcing certain types of behaviors as well you want to limit communications with the consumer. You know, that include links, whether that be via text or via email, and uh, avoid any attempt or, or conception or, or thought that consumer information, you know, could be shared through those channels. You know, let consumers know that they would never be asked for that information, um, that they um, you wouldn't be directed anywhere, you know, through that organization, again, via text or email, so that criminals can't prey on that idea for phishing or delivery of malware. Is there a model for this now? I don't necessarily know that I can look at, at any previous example and say that this is a, a way that organizations have been successful in, in influencing user behavior because so much of it's just out of their control, and especially in financial services. We haven't done a great job with security awareness. 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that's 100% true. The, the banks have been learning, especially as a result of online banking, that they need to be security leaders and uh, they need to go out and educate their consumers. And, you know, we've seen, you know, from our data that, uh, you know, consumers, even though they, as a whole, don't necessarily trust the financial industry, they do trust their specific bank to deliver, you know, a secure solution. So there is that belief on the consumer's point of view that the organizations that they're dealing with specifically, you know, FIs, and that, that could be very easily translate to their card companies or payment companies as well, that they can deliver securities. I don't think there's necessarily a complete disconnect there. It's just that, you know, the mobile channel is a bit newer, and you want to be, be able to continue to deliver strong messaging and really try to influence that behavior because it's not being lost on them. You know, consumers see it. They're interested in doing it as well. They're willing to share responsibility. Again, that's something we've seen with their FIs. They want to install, say, security software um, when, you know, given the option, we ask, you know, what their level of interest is in using it, and they are interested, you know, more often than not. So it's uh, it's not a lost cause, and we have examples of it working in the past, and it can work for this channel as well. We talked before about the different players. So we've got financial institutions, the banks, we've got card issuers, we've got the device manufacturers, the telecommunications companies, so many different players here. What are some of the specific roles these organizations need to play in improving mobile security going forward? Well, again, talking about FIs, you know, we've seen that there's a strong corollary between mobile banking, but there are shared threats between the two as far as malware, you know, credentials, stealing payment information. So, I mean, the FIs have just as much at stake or more um, you know, than the payment issuers, payment providers, card issuers, as far as the mobile channel is concerned. So they, they all have that shared responsibility in reality to uh, to ensure that the devices you know are you know devices being used are secure and uh, you know again it really comes down to getting the word out education being the, the first and best line of defense making sure that consumers are aware of their options for protecting themselves protecting their devices talk about again partnering with vendors you know, to get the software in the consumers hands making sure that you know, the consumers interacting with them through the app or at least making the app available rather than defaulting to a browser solution. The browsers are just going to inherently be less secure than an app. And, and making sure that you know, any apps that are being deployed are well-conceived and well-written. So as we head into the new year, what do you see, based on your study, as being the top risks? And what's your advice to organizations to address these risks? Malware. You know, is 2013 going to be the year of malware? I wouldn't say that. But it's going to, what we're going to see for this coming year is more of the same, but much, much more. It's going to be more successful. We're going to see it in greater numbers. So more malware, more mobile man in the browser, more phishing. It's going to show up on consumers' radar. And what it really comes down to is limiting the impact that the bad guys can have. You want to limit their success. And what that's going to take is strong authentication on the part of uh, FIs, payment providers, folks in the mobile space, back-end solutions, device fingerprinting, front-end solutions with mobile devices lend themselves to really well, such as voice or facial biometrics. And then really combining that, again, with, you know, well-written, well-conceived apps, wherever you're interacting with the consumer, try to get them down that road because that's where you're going to have the most control over the environment and really kind of limit their exposure. Very good. Al, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with me about mobile security. Absolutely, Tom. I appreciate it as well, sir. Have a good day. Been talking about the new Javelin Strategy and Research 2012 Mobile Security Survey. I've been talking with Al Pasquale. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.